Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews Emily Kite of Simple and Scratch. We discuss what is in our food and how it can heal us physically as well as mentally. With a background in colonology and her knowledge and research of food, she developed Simple and Scratch as well as began holding cacao ceremonies that we can learn all about it. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I am your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have my friend Emily Kite here of Simple and Scratch Plant-Based Snack Company. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, I have tried some of your snacks, but I wanted to kind of get into the background of it first. So what exactly do you make and how did you get into it? So I got into it because I went through um, kind of a difficult situation personally. Uh, I went to college for colonology, which is food science and culinary arts, and my intention was to work for a big corporation and be behind the scenes in a food lab mixing chemicals, making food-like products and making them safe and shelf-stable and also making them I did not know that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting field. Um, So that was my training, and uh, I did a lot of, of training in product development, and um, creating products that tasted good and also you were able to to be shelf stable. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer um, when I was in college. And um, so I I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about food um, because she didn't have a lot of resources. The doctors didn't have a lot of information about nutrition. And so we'd spent a lot of time kind of doing our own research and figuring out what food she needed to have that would combat the side effects of that and contribute to her health rather than take away from her health. And so when I started to do that research and realize all of the foods that she had been eating and the foods that a lot of people eat um, are very full of, of chemicals that are contribute to the the negative health consequences like what are some of those that. that you can you know let us that you found in your research so any a lot of the the foods that people eat that are overly processed and processing is kind of a, a difficult term for I think a lot of people to understand because everything is processed to some degree right but the the foods that people eat even the the ones that claim to be organic are they go through a, a large amount of processing in order to make them shelf stable. So there's a lot of of additives that are put in, preservatives that are put in, um, even natural preservatives that um, contribute to to negative health consequences. And a lot of the chemicals that we think to be safe, that we consider to be good for us, um, actually contribute to things uh, like chronic diseases and obesity and all kinds of things that can cause problems, um, not just short term, um, but the long term consequences as well. And we just don't have a lot of information information about these chemicals because the food industry um, in terms of processing is fairly new. Right. And so these things are coming out little by little, but uh, a lot of what uh, is in food now, we're just not aware of the consequences. I think most people don't even think about it. They don't look at what's in their f- I mean, I read all labels, you know. <laughs> My peanut butter is peanuts. Right. My tomato sauce is tomatoes and salt. You know, yeah. you have to t- just 
take a look, take a gander at the back of what's on a can or a box. And if you don't know what it is, put it back. Right. <laughs> and the there's a lot of people that are reading labels now, mm-hmm. which is which is great. Um, but there is a lot of marketing done because they companies understand that people are reading labels, so they put products under different names. Like sugar's got a hundred oh, yeah. different names, and it can Fructose, be hiding. Sucralose, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's very difficult for people to understand when they read something, you know, like plant-based oil or you know things that that sound like real food. The processing that's done to create that product, even though it sounds really great on the label, if they were in the plant watching it being made, they'd go, "I don't really know what that is." Yeah. I don't know if I want to put that in my body. So there's a, there's a lot of marketing around that, and it's not something that I realized until I, tr- I started doing this research and uh, realized the, the foods that we're putting in our body aren't foods at all. Even with, you know, fresh foods with pesticides and steroids, and there's so much in our food and what we eat that traditionally – a hundred years ago, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there was, there, you weren't f- pumping your chickens full of steroids and feeding. One of the funny stories, my dad came over here on the Queen Mary when he was 10 and they were feeding him corn. And he's like, mom, why are we eating pig food? <laughs> Which is funny because it's, you know, that's what they feed the pigs to fatten them up. Uh-huh. And now we feed right. it to... People, which corn is delicious, so I don't even care. I'll eat it. And the second thing is my mom used to work at Clinton Corn. Okay. And she actually was involved in the scientific process to develop high fructose corn syrup. Wow. So there's a shift in the way people are eating just in the past 50 years, 60 years. It's so different because we would eat what we grew. Exactly. There's there's a big loss um, because we're able to to keep foods shelf stable. And so because of the agribusiness growing, we can ship things um, and have them in areas that traditionally wouldn't be able to grow that food, which is great because people are able to have foods that they wouldn't normally have, but you lose all of the nutrients and you lose all of the benefit of having those items in the first place. So it's, it's kind of a... It's, it's 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 a change that's happening slowly. I think people are starting to realize these things, and they're they're starting to shop at their local farmers markets and or do grow their, their own, own food or grow their own food like you with your beautiful yeah. garden. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, and so if you're able to do that, even in urban landscapes, people that have apartments are able to sure. do that. Sure, I mean you could get just a small three by five or even smaller one by three little garden bed, raised garden bed, and plant in that. Exactly. You have to water it and stuff. (laughs) All my, everything I have is on automatic watering because it would all be dead if it wasn't. (laughs) I'm with you on that. I do not have a green thumb. It would all be dead. I mean, you just water. Water is life. Yes. So you decided to take all that information that you have and develop these bars. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to make a product that was was healthy that would contribute to people's health, um, but also had all those wonderful qualities that people really like about snack food. Like it's portable; you can take it with you because that's a big thing. Is so many people eat on the go now. That's just the way our society is. And so, if there's something that you can bring with you, that's not a bag of chips, even if it says organic, you know, not added preservatives on yeah. the label. If you can take something with you that's based on plants that has plants in it and nothing else, then you're able to to contribute to your health when you go 
to work and go out to the gym and um, I wanted to have something that was was definitely plant-based and also tasted really good because the food food is such a beautiful thing that brings people together and I'm not anti-food and I think that's where a lot of a lot of things get confused um, when it comes to health because it's not about not eating food and cutting out all the food from your right. diet. It's about finding the food that, that exists out there, the really good quality food. And people don't realize a vegan lifestyle, vegetarian lifestyle is is full of nutrients and full of flavor and full of opportunity. And there's lots of dishes that you can make when you start branching out and, and reaching out to foods other than, you know, like the staples of corn and wheat and things like that. Well, I think when people initially a lot of times go vegan or vegetarian, they're cutting out so much, but don't know what to add back in. Right. And that makes it very difficult because you're not getting enough protein. You're not getting, you know, you're getting an overload of carbs because all you eat is pasta right. or, or whatever it is. You know, you're not under, you're not eating lentils and beans and, and things that you can add back into your diet to replace what you're missing with the proteins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it is challenging and it takes time to, to do that research and to figure those things out. But there's so much more available now than there used to be. And there's lots of information um, like this podcast, just listening to people talk about food and understanding that there are things out there that you, you can do. And so when I was creating my products, I wanted to um, stick to that plant-based uh, formula. And I also wanted to have limited ingredients. So mm -hmm. everything is like five ingredients um, because it, it, it gets... It gets very confusing when people do have to read labels that are like 20 ingredients long. Um, and I think when you have really good quality ingredients, you only need five. You, exactly. And you don't need to compete with those flavors because the flavors are beautiful on their own. Sure. So tell me a little bit about what is in some of your bars. So the, the cacao bar that I have, because it's chocolate-based, and I'm uh, just a sucker for chocolate, um, and uh, it's it's cacao, which is the cacao fat and the cacao um, uh, powder, essentially. Um, so cacao is different than, like, cocoa powder that you would see, which has things added to it to make it shelf-stable and to make it taste good um, and sweeter. And so this is not sweet at all. It's essentially the cacao bean that has been ground yeah, up into a paste. bit into a cacao bean? Uh, a bean. So nibs are <laughs> technically cacao beans. They've just been roasted. It is... It is so, it's very bitter. And so it's similar to like if you've had chocolate covered espresso beans, like chocolate covered kind coffee beans, of. but without the chocolate. It's like the yeah. the bitter, it's bitter. It is and very, very bitter. Yes. So if you're a fan of dark chocolate, this is for you because it's like the pure chocolate. But the thing I've noticed about that, I sweeten it with dates. So there is sweetness to the bar. It's not a totally bitter yeah. bar. Well, you have to. Um, right. You have to yeah. because you don't just want that totally bitter. Bitter. This kind of balances it out, and the dates have a great sort of caramely flavor as well. So it's, it kind of rounds everything out, and then there's a little bit of salt in there as well. Um, but the the thing about uh, cacao is is that it satisfies the chocolate craving that you're looking for when you reach for a, like a store-bought chocolate bar that's just packed full of, of sugar, added sugar and milk and things like that. There's a little bit of chocolate in there and that's what you're craving, but you become addicted to the sugar and you miss that chocolate flavor. So you reach back and, and you go for more and more it. and more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so with my bars, you only have to have a little bit because you get that sweetness, but you get that chocolate craving satisfied. And that's that was so important to me because I love chocolate. I didn't want to give up chocolate and I wanted to find something that wasn't 
filled with sugar and filled with additives, but still satisfied my chocolate craving. And you also, you have a couple different ones too, the brownie bites and... Mm -hmm. I, I have the brownies are they're a raw brownie so they're not cooked and instead of flour I use uh, ground up nuts so there's walnuts and almonds and then there's the cacao as well and uh, dates to to sweeten that and uh, those are really good because it's got a really dense texture so those brownies that are really thick and gooey this is exactly like that but it's all plant-based nice so speaking of cacao um, you do cacao ceremonies mm -hmm. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> it's kind of but. a new thing. Um, <laughs> so cacao has been used uh, for thousands of years um, in tribes to, to help people connect, um, usually through spiritual ways um, and, and um, bring people together. And we use it now because it helps people open up. So what people call heart openers, things that people do in yoga to make yourself more vulnerable and bring in kind of that, that whatever you need to receive, that goodness that you need to receive in the energy. Uh, we do that with cacao. So it's a vasodilator. So it opens up the blood vessels. And what that does is it kind of flushes the face and it makes you feel open to things. And that can be a little overwhelming for some people when they first do it because we're used to kind of like protecting ourselves mm -hmm. and protecting our body. So when you go into something like a cacao ceremony and you open your heart, it allows you to receive, we have sound healing that we use as well. And so it allows you to receive that and be totally open to it. And it's an experience that almost gives you an altered state because of the way that the cacao affects your body. It, it can make people go into like visions and go into trances and kind of go to a higher state and it's not going to be that way for everybody some people just go in and they just enjoy the feeling of of the cacao, relaxing of, of relaxing exactly blood flow getting yes. oxygen to your body it releases stress it's really good for that you had you just had one in sedona mm -hmm. um you had a pretty good turnout for it tell me a little bit you know what exactly you do during a ceremony so we start by getting people to kind of release energy. So usually there's some kind of breath work and some kind of movement that gets people away from the fact that they just like drove in their cars and they're stressed out because of traffic and whatever happened in their day-to-day -day life. So we, we get that energy out, that kind of anxious energy out. And then when people are a little bit more settled and a little bit more focused kind of on the space in their bodies, uh, we sit people down and we play um, sound bowls. So I have a friend, Meredith Simon, that comes all the way from Prescott. She's going to be joining us. And um, we were up in, in Prescott doing the cacao ceremony, and she played sound bowls. And she has gongs, and she has a bunch of other different instruments that I don't remember the names of. <laughs> what is a sound bowl? So sound bowls um, are are bowls, glass bowls, or metal bowls um, that vibrate and create a specific resonance. So there's certain ones that connect to certain chakras and certain ones that are play certain notes. And so for some people, it, it opens up certain parts of their, their body or their mind um, and uh, connects in certain ways. And so there's ones that have a really high pitch sound and ones that have a really low vibrating sound. And so what that does is everything's vibrations around us. So it heals the body. And the more that you go into these these uh, situations of vibrational therapy, the more that you become connected to, to those things and connected to your body and kind of focused on what your body needs and listening and, and receiving the healing. So how, how did you even get into this, to doing these ceremonies yourselves? What, what made you decide that you wanted to venture out and host these ceremonies? Uh, I, I think the 
the big part of me getting into food in general was that food brings people together. And so when I was making these products, I wanted to, to be able to share with people in person about, you know, seeing them enjoy the products and, and hearing their feedback and what they loved about it. And when you when I did the cacao ceremonies, I realized that it was it was bringing all those wonderful things that I loved about food that people were coming together to enjoy something, something that was totally pure and something that was raw. And they were able to enjoy it in a in a, a setting that was relax, relaxing. And that's something that's so important to me because everybody goes through stress. And I've certainly dealt with some some, um, you know, things in my life that have have caused me anxiety and depression. And this was one way where I could, I could help myself get through those, those things. And I realized that it was helping other people do that as well. And so it was combining all of the things that I loved about food with all the things that I loved about people coming together and supporting one another. So you just touched on something that I wanted to kind of, uh, talk about a little bit because you posted something on uh, Instagram or Facebook the other day about dealing with anxiety and dealing with depression. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your experience with that because I feel like it's a lot more prevalent than it used to be. I think that people have a lot of anxious thoughts, a lot of depressed, depressive feelings where, you know, dealing with everyday life is very difficult. T tell me a little bit about your story about that. So I, it was something that I've dealt with. Um, I can't put a date on it, but it's something that's always kind of been there. And I spent a lot of time focused on others. Uh, so when I was a caretaker for my mom and a caretaker for my grandmother, and I, I spent a lot of my energy kind of ignoring what I was feeling because I wanted to give. And I didn't, I didn't, understand what was happening, that it was negative, negatively affecting my body. I was so focused on, on, you know, out, out, out instead of in, in, in. And so when things kind of came to a head and I went through, you know, a breakup and I went through um, uh, just some other personal things in my life that I, I wasn't expecting to happen, it forced me into a situation where I was having to look internally because I knew I needed to do something. Something wasn't right. I was just wasn't able to keep up the status quo anymore. I was anxious all the time and it would just keep me super, super ratcheted up. And then my depression would just keep me from doing anything about it. So I know I knew I needed to do something to reach out and get help. And so I started seeing a therapist and I started growing, just going to support groups, any support group that anyone recommended. I was like, yes, I'm just going to go. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to see if this is right for me. And it, it helped and it's still helping. And it's a process that I'm, I'm having to go through. But because people that I knew talk to me about therapy and talk to me about their depression and their anxiety. It was just something that I never even thought I could talk about. And then everybody in my life was was talking about whatever issues they were going through or people that they knew were going through. And I realized I don't have to go through this alone. That no. one, everybody is going through some form of this in one way or another, whether it's them or someone that they know. Everybody understands. Nobody is alone. And so when I started to reach out, ev everything became easier. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect, and I'm, I'm not healed. And it's something that I'm probably going to have to, to deal with for, for my life. But I'm, I understand now that there's, there's a path, and that I, you can help. Well, let's just get one thing straight. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nobody. That's true. And I think that recognizing that you need help is the hardest thing 
but it's the biggest step because mm-hmm. once you get over thinking I'm the only one, I'm the only one that feels this way, nobody can help me, I don't know what to do. Once you reach out and get help, you realize that everybody else out there has something. I mean, I'm a huge proponent for therapy because I mean, I, know, I don't go for myself because I'm perfect. But <laughs> no, I mean, I in my relationship, I my boyfriend and I go to therapy on and off mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that our relationship is working even in good times and in bad times right. because everybody has hard times. You know, I when I'm stressed or when I have a lot going on, I shut down. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't talk and I it's I internalize everything because yeah. that's how I deal with things. But it's getting it out there and having that discussion that makes you that well, one, I think helps you to get it out. Get out all these feelings and understand, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay and you understand where I'm coming from. But to turn it into all of these other things that you're doing, I think is great because You're understanding that you need help and you're taking that and turning it into something that can still help others. So even though, you know, you spent so much time taking care of your mom, taking care of your grandmother and doing all that, you're now taking that to another level with Simple and Scratch and with these cacao ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit more about what simple and scratch what the basis of it what you're what you want to portray with that i think i want people to understand that there's if they want to adapt a healthy lifestyle that there isn't one easy answer to it that you have to find what's what's right for you and what's what works in your lifestyle and i wanted to make something that was accessible to to people one that was something that people enjoyed and that they actually came back to um, because it tasted good and it was something that made them feel better rather than made them feel guilty. Um, and I, I wanted to create something that was was minimalistic and just kind of easy for people to understand, whether it's the ingredients or whether it's the marketing that I do or whether it's the, um, the, the events that I do, even though cacao ceremony is kind of a, a new thing and people you know, unless you, you've gone through it, you don't understand what that is. I wanted to make a space that allowed people to come and, and be vulnerable. And so connecting with others in that way and, and like having conversations with you about this and going out and talking to people, whether it's at my events or, you know, in person, if I'm talking to them about, about food, um, I just wanted to make it a conversation that people could could talk about food and, and understand that they're able to implement this in their lifestyle and and enjoy food and get excited about food again. Yeah, um, and, and not uh, be afraid of what is good and what is bad food right. because food is food. It is what we need for life. Yes, yeah, so we can't <laughs> give it up. It's not something we can just put aside and be no. like, you know what, I'm not going to do I'm this just anymore. Not do that. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is something that I wanted to to create for a while, and I'm I'm finally getting to the point where. I'm, I'm able to share it and other people are, you know, able to enjoy it through that. Do you have an Instagram just I, for simple? Yeah. You do have simple a simple and scratch. scratch. Yes. It is simple and scratch. Yes. Okay. And uh, so you do have um, one ceremony, cacao ceremony coming up, but uh, you're going to have future ones. Yes. I know you don't have dates set up right now for future future cacao ceremonies. Can you tell me, so a little i just want to expand a little bit more can you tell me a little bit about what you personally experienced 
through these cacao ceremonies? Uh, for me, it was it was a way of one putting myself out there because I, I sometimes am a very introverted person, and so this was my way of kind of stepping out of my comfort zone and and doing something where I was I was talking to to people, you know, in a in a setting that maybe I wasn't necessarily hundred percent comfortable with, um, and. Uh, I going through going through the ceremony itself because I've done a number of, of ceremonies that I know from from other people and um, experienced it through them. It allowed me to to be totally vulnerable, and that's that's something that was really hard for me because I you know I'm an introverted, guarded kind of person, and so when when I'm in a situation where you know you're sitting in a circle and everybody's just kind of like lying there enjoying the the cacao and the sounds and things like that it's it's something that's different and so it it allowed me to to find a space that I felt safe in that uh, opened my heart and kind of allowed me to de-stress and connect with other people that understood the the benefit of cacao and, and talk to them and, and grow and it just it opened up a world of opportunity for me because the people that come to these ceremonies are from all different backgrounds and so it really allowed me to to converse with people about why they were there, what their experience with cacao was, and it just taught me a lot about what people are going through and and, uh, what helps them and uh, kind of their journeys. I love that. That's pretty cool. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing about this. I found out some things I didn't know about you, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Because <laughs> we've known each other a while now. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know those things, but uh, it's always interesting to find out where people's motivation is because everybody has, like you said, everybody has a story. Everybody's got a reason t- and, and to why they're dealing with things in life or why they had it a certain way. And, mm-hmm. and I love that you've turned this into something that you're passionate about yeah. and that can help others. So thank you so much for coming on thank you yeah thanks everybody for listening and we will see you all next week thank you so much for listening to the fit minute podcast fitness for real people with your host gabrielle mazar if you'd like more information on today's episode you can find it in the show notes or you can find it on gabrielle's website at www.healthybodyworksaz.com you can also find out more information about gabrielle's fitness vacations to find out more about this summer's Banff Fitcation and our fall Fitcation to New Zealand, visit www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a great review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.